Hello and welcome to the second proper instalment of the Parts Unknown podcast. My name is Ben Green. You may know me as producer Ben from Football Weekly. I'm here in John Ashdown's flat <laughs> in London's glorious Crouch End. John, how are you? I'm fine. We should point out that I'm here as well, otherwise it sounds like you've broken in. Uh, we've just been watching... It's a late 90s B-show pay-per-view. It's not in your house, it's in your flat. <laughs> we've just been watching the 2017 Royal Rumble. Oh, sum it up in, in a sound. <sighs> yeah, I think I'm going to echo that. Oh, oh. <laughs> it was... <laughs> that sounded like you... <laughs> yeah, it was such a... It was a, a, it was a strange one, wasn't it? it? You know, it's less than five minutes than that we we stopped and saw the the finish, and yeah, I, I'm still kind of processing it. Really, um, I guess in the in the in the crowd at the time, because everybody thought that Roman was going to win, the kind of swerve and Randy Orton winning is an immediate an immediate sort of oh wow kind of moment. But then, as soon as that dissipates, you're left with the oh no, <laughs> Randy Orton's in the main event at WrestleMania, and Randy Orton's in the main event at WrestleMania, most likely against John Cena, which we've seen fifteen thousand times. Like that, yeah, it's just it's just an insane decision. I mean, there were there were lots of very odd decisions in in the Rumble match, and we'll come on to the the championship matches and the the undercard a little yeah, we later. Do the Rumble first. Yeah, yeah, but let's do the Rumble because it's still. Very fresh in our minds. Let's start from the beginning. We'll work our way to the end. Okay. So Big Cass kicks things off against Jericho. Big Cass does his promo that lasts almost as long as he's in the ring for. <laughs> I hate Big Cass. I hate Enzo. I hate Enzo more. You know, Big Cass at least looks decent in the ring and is a big, big man. But he's he's not a talker at all with his pretend accent. That's by the by. He was up against Jericho to kick things off. And then it was very, very dull as Callisto, Mojo Rawley, and then Gentleman Jack Gallagher came in. You've never seen him before. Thoughts on Gentleman Jack? No, he's a, a, a British uh, youngster who was part of the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, I enjoyed, quite enjoyed his comedy, but then I'm quite, I quite like comedy wrestling. He had an uh, umbrella with him. Was it he's a pale, William, William the Third. yeah. III. He's a, he's a pale-skinned man uh, with a moustache and an umbrella. Some terrible, terrible trunks. Today. Yes, he looks. He very much looks like a job, and he's not really the the kind of classic uh, WWE body shape, I, I suppose you could say. Uh, but I, it gives, gives a bit of light relief. I'm always I'm always a fan of. Yeah, he was he was really good in the Cruiserweight Classic. But to go back to our last episode of this, you know, with the UK Championship, he did nothing that Tyler Bate couldn't have done a hundred times better. It depends on on what you're doing with somebody as well. It, it wouldn't be. There's no point in having. Tyler go in and you know essentially get jobbed out in a comedy way, which is what Jack Gallagher was essentially there for. Um, if when you're kind of trying to build somebody up as a uh, as a proper sort of legitimate champion, so I guess it's kind of finding the balance. You need some you need some people in the Rumble who are just sort of fodder, really. Um, and that was his role this time. But he did, yeah, he did very well. And I I was lolling, I was genuinely chuckling. Uh, as he did his umbrella spinning between Jericho's legs. This is wrestling. So Jericho spends much of the sort of opening... I mean, he's in for about an hour, and he spends about 
I would say 55 minutes <laughs> um, sort of uh, when he's not having an umbrella spun between his legs, sort of injured or sort of on the outside of the ring, avoiding everything. Yeah, doing the sort classic of heel, yeah, classic heel maneuver. Um, so, and, and part of the reason of that is because you had Mark Henry in the ring there and Braun Strowman. They came in at six and seven and Strowman was booked like a beast. He was, yeah. Kind of classic big man booking in the, in the Rumble. Did he? What was the final tally of his? Seven or eight? That he that he threw out in the end? Yeah, uh, my ta- my seven, tally right? says seven. He got rid of all those jobbers at the beginning yeah, and looked enormous. Of, yeah. yeah, he was kind of the, th- the the theme for the first for the first half, really, I suppose, because the end kind of unravelled fairly quickly. So for the first half of the rumble, the story was Braun Strowman throws people out, and yeah, I mean the thing the thing that that strikes me with. With that, because we've seen it before, there's a, a fair number of big men that have come in and had that spot. You think of Kane back in the day. Carl Lee, I suppose, would have done that sort of thing. Bray Wyatt a couple of years ago as well. So basically you're, the attempt is to use the Rumble to kind of get you over as this kind yeah. of monster heel. And then if they spend the rest of the year, you know, you know, you, you, it's not enough just to like throw eight people out of the Rumble. That doesn't give you that sort of credit for 10 months. You know, you need to do more than that. So we'll see what they what they do with him. But I can't see... Because what it would be great actually if they had a proper monster heel going after the title, but I don't think that doesn't feel like it's the plan for him. He's a bit too green at the moment, uh, evidenced with yeah. that uh, the way that he got rid of James Ellsworth, which uh, made you cringe. A bit. Yeah, that looked very very painful. Yeah, James Ellsworth, the sort of the the little jobber who's made his who has the good history with Strowman as well, yeah, and has made a bit of a you know made a bit of an impact, I suppose. Strowman dumped him out, but his legs or his ankles just caught on the ropes which meant he tipped over backwards and landed hard on the mats outside the ring. Uh, yeah. It looked like a painful one. That looked horrible. Uh, he got rid of, uh, this is Strowman, got rid of Big Show, Mark Henry as well. Uh, that was impressive, getting rid of Big Show. Competitors meant to come to the ring every two minutes. They clearly don't. They come every, <laughs> any time between one and three minutes, yeah. yeah, when they're needed. Um, Big Show came down very, very slowly. Indeed, he's big got he's, big slow. Very good. Uh, he's got he's got a very nice beard now, and he looks very trim. He wasn't wearing his kind of old glory from the telly the past couple of weeks, but uh, he's in in the black and grey. And he went out, and that looked like it could have been quite painful, but they they arranged it quite nicely in the end. <laughs> well, there was just, a lot of pushing and shoving, and so that he he managed to rotate himself and land feet first. Because yeah, the thought of Big Show going out head first, oh, that's. That's not pleasant. <laughs> you always know with somebody the size and age, I suppose, now of Big Show, that you're going to go out in a certain way, and that certain way is going to be reasonably gentle, make sure that you rotate enough to get your feet down. And there was, there was a moment when we briefly thought that Strowman was just going to hammer him over the top rope and see what happens, and I think he would have just literally killed him. Yeah, um, yeah with, with, sort of big, with Big Show, with Mark Henry, what do you think? Were they worth having in, or would they, those spots not have been better to give to some some of the younger guys perhaps well definitely but i don't think any of those younger guys were going to win and there's you know as there has been for the last decade or more the honk goes off and it's either big show mark henry or kane who wasn't in it this year the commentary team say oh who's going to eliminate him things are starting to warm up you know they're not going to win but they're going to eliminate a load of people and from my my repeat watching of a load of rumbles the last week or two, uh, you need to have this functionally to get to the end of the match. You've mm. got to have the person who eliminates a load of people to do that. So, yeah, I mean, they didn't have Kane. They had Ty Dillinger from NXT came in 
and young fella called Goldberg who came in a bit <laughs> later to get a bit of shine. Uh, so that that's why Kane wasn't there. Big Show and, and Mark Henry purely exist now to put other people over, yeah. whilst also, as we say, fulfilling this this role of being intimidating and possibly putting people out. That said, I don't think they eliminated anyone between them. I was going to say. Again, yeah. we'll, we'll have to go back to uh, to check the official records there. But um, So Strowman's end um, came by another youngster, if you will, the winner of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal Memorial, whatever order those words should come in. <laughs> Barry Corbin, Big Baron, yeah. yeah. He looked quite. He looked strong, actually, and he seemed to be the way he was booked was was strong, and it suggested they might have plans for him. I quite I quite like him as a. He looks. He's a. He is kind of a big presence. He's a big physical guy. He can move. Yeah, I quite I quite like him. He looks ugly. He looks like a heel. He looks like an ugly yeah. heel. And he's the lone wolf. Um, I I I said to you he'd look quite good in the in the Wyatt family who subsequently disintegrated in front of our eyes a bit uh, again <laughs> but but then as i correct, had to correct myself that you know uh, corbin is the lone wolf he doesn't need a family he doesn't need anyone That's to true. to team up with anyway let's move on a little bit more we had kofi kingston came in the miz uh hate the miz um although he has been a very very good performer this year i've just i just don't like him at all do like mrs miz Maurice, of course. And Kofi, Kofi did a sort of like Kofi did his his annual spot which now, which wasn't which wasn't the most sort of thrilling. It was the spots. worst of the ones that he's done recently. Um, went up onto the new thing behind the turnbuckles, which uh, you know we couldn't have done in previous years because it was solid steel before. Now it's it's a bit more of a structure with a top. Yeah, for no particular reason, got onto that and then got knocked off and held on. It was a spot that. Wasn't yeah, not, not as good as the handstand or the pogo stick on the chair, or the being tossed into Rusev and then doing a a leap. Things that I've seen again in my rewatching, and I, I recommend you you go back and watch. Um, but yeah, all of the all of the New Day came in, did some stuff. Sheamus and Cesaro did their thing, and they ended up eliminating each other. And then shenanigans had to happen, and and it did. And that's when uh, people started to clear house, and then. Who comes in? It's Bray Wyatt in at number 21. And then inevitably, with only 30 people coming in, you can see the end is in sight. And we were trying to work out who the other nine people were going to be. You know, we, we had uh, Taker was going to come in, Goldberg, Brock, Randy Orton. Certainly, we did not anticipate that um, Apollo Crews would be coming in. Dolph Ziggler and Enzo Amore would be coming in as part of that, that final nine. Yeah, it was a very, very odd home straights you know when luke harper came in and randy orton came in so we had all three of the wyatts and they've had this tension recently and then uh, harper turned on his brethren that was quite interesting um and then brock came in and this is when it really got quite silly <laughs> what did you think of brock's performance um I thought he looked. He, it was he looked great at first. With, you know, he lobbed out a couple of people. He got rid of Enzo, Dolph, and Ambrose. Yeah, looked looked the monster that he that he very much is. And were he and Goldberg back to back numbers, or was there, was there somebody somebody in between them? So, uh, yeah, those Enzo came between. Came in that between. Was, he was the buffer yeah. in that sandwich. He was the sort of ham in that sandwich. Um, and he was obviously dumped out immediately by Lesnar. And then Goldberg came in, which was the moment that the crowd had clearly been waiting for. In fact, we'd all really been waiting for to some extent. You know, he, it was if you wanted to. You know, everybody seems to be obsessed with. This is this a moment? moment. Yeah, um, and it was. If anything, was a, it was. A it was a moment. moment. It was, I suppose. 
Um, but then it was very, very similar to the Survivor Series when so Goldberg spears Lesnar uh, and then clotheslines him over the top and, and out. And at that point, I thought, great, Goldberg's, Goldberg's going to win. And he didn't. And he didn't. He didn't. But let's let's just stick on Goldberg and, and Lesnar for, for a minute there. So in the space of three months and two matches, they've put together four moves. <laughs> yeah. And, and Lesnar's been squashed both times. And I, I was very, very surprised that they did that the second time. Goldberg has this contract to appear at WrestleMania as well or take him through to that period. Now, logic says that uh, they're not going to do a third match between the two of them because it's it's 2-0 to um or 2-0 to uh to Goldberg already there's there's no there's no win there's no there's no jeopardy there he can play for pride but Brock Lesnar doesn't do that there's there's no point in them having another match there's no point in doing another two moves on each other <laughs> because because of the way that it was done at the rumble like it wasn't it wasn't as if i suppose did was it Taker who under, who eventually eliminated Goldberg it was indeed. Um, so maybe, maybe it's those two that that end up. Um, Goldberg v Taker at Mania, as we were as we were saying, instead of at a total combined weight, a, it's at a total, total combined age, age yeah. of over one hundred. <laughs> yeah, but because I mean, yeah, Lesnar Goldberg, they ha- yeah, they've just they have pretty much like said, well, that's that's it. Um, but then I don't know going forward towards Mania, I don't know who 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 you pair Lesnar up with if he's just been essentially squashed twice by the, the same guy other than attempting to get uh, one of those two win, wins back. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I thought that he might sort of have some revenge on the Wyatts who who got rid of him from last year's Rumble. They might build something there. I think Brock v. Bray would be a really interesting, really interesting match. Um, although it would mean a lot of TV promo time for Bray in, in the build-up because we are just 62 days away yeah. um, by the time everyone hears this. 62 days from WrestleMania. We're on the road to WrestleMania. Did you know that? I did. I did. Yeah, I can remember that from the uh, from the Rumble show. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could I could, I could see that. That would be good, but you know, so so that's what I thought that that Brock would stick around a lot longer in that match and and chuck out some of the uh the Wyatt's uh Strowman had al- Strowman had already gone by that point. Yeah. Strowman versus Brock would be fairly interesting in a sort of big big monster match. Yeah, but if you were doing that, I don't know why you wouldn't keep Strowman in there until Lesnar got there and like yeah. at least give them some some time together. And with the Wyatt's like Strowman's only kind of now sort of tangentially attached, isn't he? Which well, is, he's not officially part yeah, of the Wyatt's at yeah, all. Exactly. Yeah. So um and then they did the sort of the the final sort of ten minutes we had the sort of breakup of the or the sort of breakup of the Wyatt's and then one of the Wyatt family actually wins the rumble as well. So you know, Lord knows what's happening there. Yeah. Um big excitement and number twenty nine it's the Undertaker who comes in. Yeah. The bells toll, the arena goes black, we think he's going to do a very slow walk, and boom, he appears in the ring, which suggests that he'd been under that ring for about four hours for the (laughs) pre-show. Your thoughts on seeing The Undertaker back in the flesh? You weren't impressed. Oh, I think he just looks terrible. It's sad, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit sad now. Um, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of want him to call it a day. You want to sort of an abiding memory of a career to be the the good bits, not this long, drawn-out retirement run, which has been going on for, you know, what, five, six years, it feels like, you know, since he's been, you know, it's, um, maybe it's only the last couple of years that he's been sort of really sort of struggling to do perhaps the moveset that he once once had. You know, for a while he's been just an entrance and a, a limited match, and he, ju- he just looks, he just increasingly looks ridiculous and a bit sad. I mean, I- his last great match 
was uh, Undertaker v Punk was a was a fantastic match. That's uh, twenty nine. So that's four years ago. And since then, he's been. Uh, he had the Brock match where he got the con- concussion, and that when the streak ended, then he came back. He fought Bray. That was a complete nothing match. Mm-hmm. And then last year, he was up against Shane O'Mac in the Hell in the Cell match with the odd the the storyline stipulation that didn't count for anything. <laughs> <laughs> And then he's been back on SmackDown briefly saying, this is my yard, and then he pops up on Raw. Um, Having seen uh, this week the 2007 uh, Rumble where he and Sean are the last two people in there, they're they're together for about 10 minutes at the end. And he's so quick and he's so strong and and he looks like The Undertaker as you remember him. And he is fantastic there. Not just the conscience of the WWE, not just the best pure striker in the history (laughs) of the WWE, not just the locker room leader, but he's just just brilliant and does old school uh, snake eyes, does all of his stuff on a tombstone. He takes two chair shots, bleeds a lot, but he is Undertaker as you remember him. And now... He is, and this sounds incredibly disrespectful, uh, because he's he's like he's old Undertaker, where everything is old school. He does lots of choke slams. He might do a big boot. He's got quite a big belly, and he just looks increasingly. He doesn't look like this, like the the phenom, like the terrifying dead man. He just looks like an old bloke with dyed hair, a dyed beard and eyeliner on and it just yeah the kind of mystique is 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 disappearing as well so potential direction for undertaker now is he he got rid of goldberg he never had the match against sting maybe he'll have the match against goldberg for the sort of wcw wwf kind of person although perhaps he's going to go up against dun 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 entrant number 30 to the rumble and <laughs> no one saw this coming <laughs> and the booze that came out of the arena when mr roman reigns comes out um now, I really like Roman, and I think he's massively underrated. I had a really nice interview with him on on Cheap Heat with Brian Campbell. He sounds like a fantastically nice guy. You know, he says he doesn't mind what reaction he's getting, so long as he's getting some sort of reaction. He's very impressive physically. Of course, he's very impressive. Uh, we're going to talk about his uh, his match with Kevin Owens shortly, but putting him as number thirty was a worse decision than having Triple H come out to, you know, re-break the record that Chris Jericho had just <laughs> had just broken by the longest cumulative time in the Rumble matches. Yeah, what were they thinking, John? Well, do you know what? I think what they were what they clearly as it turned out were thinking was uh, was a swerve. Was we want to we want to swerve the uh, the fans, the fans in the in, in the audience because, you know, what we the last thing we want is for things to be predictable. Um, so we make it look like it's going to be predictable, and then we swerve them. In a, in a way, it was very similar to last year's Rumble booking in that you know people thought that Reigns was going to win, and actually, you know, well, or it was fifty fifty on Reigns Triple H, and Triple H got the win in the end. That's the only thing I can think of is just to kind of like have a bit of sort of drama at the end of the not even a bit of drama, a bit of like the fans think one thing is going to happen, but another thing happens, which means that somebody had they had a meeting. I mean, obviously, they decided <laughs> at some point before the match, they decided that Orton was who they wanted in the main event at WrestleMania. Presumably, that's the starting point. I can't see any point in starting from, oh, we want to, you know, have a like uh, unpredictable finish where we get the fans thinking one thing and we do the other. Surely, you start off with what is our Mania main event, and you kind of work backwards to that. How do we how do we get to that point from 
from the start of the rumble. In which case, it's, it's just bogg- mind-boggling. So at the start, they thought that before the before, sometime in the last few months, they've had a big meeting. All the top uh, creative talents in the WWE have got their heads together and thought, "What's our, who do we want in the main event at WrestleMania?" And the name has that's come up. And Rand- been nailed to the whiteboard at the front. Randolph of the room. Orton is Randolph Orton, the third generation superstar. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 slightly baffling. Who is an excellent performer? Yeah, and and has been there, been with the company for a very long time. I think they said this is his eighth Rumble, and he's won the championship probably about ten, twelve times. Uh, he's been around for well over a decade had been out for a very long time so i think you know people kind of take him for granted and his character and storyline that he's doing with the Wyatts at the moment has been very interesting and his rko out of nowhere has really taken on a life of its own and his spot uh catching sammy Zayn from the top uh in in the rumble today that was my favorite moment of that that whole match yeah Randy Orton as the winner. Odd, but stick with, with Roman Reigns for a bit here. He's, he got rid of uh, Undertaker and there was a bit of this own over from, mm-hmm. from the Undertaker, which means maybe they're going to square off and I can't see that being a fun match at all. I thought still that, that Jericho would win because just the way he'd been booked a classic heel. I thought he'd still be there, but no, he went. And then Bray went as well, because I thought Bray in the main event would be interesting at WrestleMania, because he's the most interesting of uh, Orton, Reigns, yeah, I mean, and Bray. He's the leader of the faction, and Orton's you know, a, a secondary player in it, really, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, that's peculiar in, in and of itself. Just before we wrap this up, John, the final word on Randy Orton. He is a serial beneficiary of factions. He's been part of Legacy, he's been part of Evolution, and now part of the Wyatts, all in the Rumbles that I've seen, all when he does really well. He's always got protection, whether it's from Ted DiBiase Jr., (laughs) Cody Rhodes, or uh, Triple H, Batista, Ric Flair, Harper, Bray Wyatt. He likes it when his friends are around and he takes advantage. One of my kind of bugbears about the brand brand split is that it means that the winner of the Rumble isn't necessarily going to be in the main event at Mania um, because it depends on which belt you go for. I would say, oh, well, Orton's won, but maybe he'll face Kevin Owens in the you know somewhere in the upper mid card or something like that. But they were, they were very clear on the Rumble broadcast that the winner didn't necessarily get a championship match, but they were in the Just main, said event, main event. Yeah, uh, in the main event at Mania. So Orton is going to be. In the main event, that's clear. I mean, I suppose they could. What they could do is do a double main event, aka no main <laughs> event. <laughs> but yeah, it seems it seems like an odd. It seems an odd decision. As we sort of said, you know, the you get a, a moment of the crowd going, "Oh yes, brilliant!" Roman Reigns didn't win, and something unpredictable has happened. And then seconds later, oh no, Randy Orton's in the main event. Well, what do you what do you think the crowd when we were watching it there? They they seemed pretty jazzed that that Randy had won. I think they were more jazzed that Roman hadn't won. Because that was that was when he came out number thirty, you could tell everyone, oh no, that's he's winning. Just a few hours sort of into the broadcast that they'd announced that it's back in Philadelphia next year, <laughs> yeah. which is where he got absolutely murdered uh, for winning it in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, um, no, they clearly they just didn't want Ro- Roman Reigns to win, um, or at least the loudest people didn't. I suppose you never you never really know. It's always a slightly. They always say it's a mixed reaction, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure how mixed it is really these days. Now, who would you have liked to have seen one, having seen everybody in the sort of states that they're in? Having and- seen everybody, um, I would have loved to have seen Bray win, because I think Bray 
deserves a main event push. He's he's an interesting character, but he's also a really good wrestler, really good performer. Uh, I'm just looking down the list of people here, and God, no one. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bro- you know Brock, Brock, or yeah, I mean Brock Lesnar, really, or Taker. See what I what I kind of like, and I think the best rumbles are the ones where going into it, you think of the the rumbles that Austin won couple that perhaps Sean won particularly in the, in the his 90s stint going back further the sort of Yokozuna's win in what would that be 93 that you go into the rumble with there's somebody that the crowd like there's a, there's 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 a, there's a there's a guy basically that is on the way to the top and the crowd may, they might not want him to win in the case of you know some of the old old school heels or they might really really want him to win like Austin but you get that, you get the guy that, you know, there's something to be said for that sort of sense of um, predictability because it's what the crowd want and it's sort of what the crowd, you know, there's something to be said for giving the crowd not just what they want but what they kind of expect. Um, and they seem to be completely averse to that. In fact, they've got, because of the way they book things, he says they've got nobody who's in that position that the crowd would desperate. I mean, Goldberg probably, but I mean, that's a nostalgia thing anyway. So there wasn't anybody that you could. Oh, he's in at number eleven, but he's still going to go all the way. There was the, the. They're struggling to find a breakout star. I think at the moment. Do you remember John, who you had picked as your as your favourite, either on the show or just thinking out you know, loud to yourself? I, th- I think I, I think I picked either that maybe Strowman or that maybe Taker, thinking that they might set up a Taker John Cena mania main event. Yeah, well, at least you were close because I I said with absolute certainty that Finn Balor would come out probably number 30 and win and he'd be hot-shotted all the way there. And you said, well, he might not be fit. And I said, all right, then well, Seth Rollins will. And he wasn't in it. So there you go. On that point, let's wrap up our Rumble chat, Rumble match chat, that is. Uh, We'll take a quick break and we'll be back to discuss the undercard. People of Parts Unknown, we've teamed up with Cornerstone to give you a spectacular offer on their shaving products. Just head to cornerstone.co.uk slash unknown and you'll get £10 of your first order. That means you can pick up a personally engraved razor and six super sharp blades for just four quid. You can shave your beard to be as smooth as John Cena, take it to your head if you want the stone cold look, or you can do a Ric Flair and strap one to your finger whenever you need to juice. Although Cornerstone do not recommend you do that. Anyway, try it out, and if you don't love your first Cornerstone shave, they'll give you your money back with no questions asked. Cornerstone have also got some delicious skincare products too. I'm a mark for their pre-shave scrub exfoliator. Their sensitive shave gel with ginger and eucalyptus is the best for business, and for the finish, there's the post-shave balm with soothing and cooling mint and honey extracts to restore your skin's natural balance and reduce irritation, brother. The brand is Cornerstone. Check them out and get £10 of your first order at cornerstone.co.uk slash unknown. That's U-N-K-N-O-W-N. John, we've had some very nice feedback uh, from our first show. Some very uh, constructive feedback as well, criticising our lack of knowledge of the UK independent scene <laughs> as well. And a couple of black spots in uh, your knowledge of the NWA <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the Wolfpack. John, how do people get in touch with you on Twitter? Uh, they can send uh, any compliments to at John underscore Ashdown. That's J-O-H-N underscore A-S-H-D-O-W-N. Okay, and-, and any criticisms, they can shove up their ass. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm at Green Ben Green on Twitter. Uh, please do send 
stuff this way. Suggestions, feedback, compliments, criticism, all of that kind of stuff. Um, John, will you be promoting this show? We love our fans. You, we do love our fans. Or were you ashamed of the first show? <laughs> so I noticed that you didn't talk about it at all or promote it at all. It's a word of mouth sensation. Yeah, well, um, you know, I'm just, it's early days. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sort of uh, overpush our early stuff. Okay. We're, it really polished. We're, we're up to about 87 in the sports and hobbies section of uh, the iTunes chart, which, let me tell you, is quite remarkable. Yeah, it sounds it. I, I'm, I'm well impressed. I'm, I imagine it's mostly for your big celebrity interviews with uh, trips Paul your mate Paul and your mate your mate Darren yeah Darren William Regal Sir William <laughs> <laughs> Sir Stephen in his background yeah um, if you haven't checked out the the film yet that we made um, from the Blackpool event it's on the Guardian website it's on my Twitter page as well you can find it there it's probably easier than finding it on the Guardian website probably is yes <laughs> yeah Let's move on, shall we? So uh, there were some interesting signs in the crowd. Uh, there was a Mr. Bean um, on the hard camera and that German fan who appears to be um, at lots of events uh, wearing the Bayern Munich shirt and seems to have kind of binoculars, even though he's two rows from the front, <laughs> or a, a real camera with a, a strap around his neck. It's very interesting to see that, very European. Yeah, I, and I can't imagine them being allowed in with a big old proper camera, so it must be binoculars. No, and we speak as people who have had a cameraman had his camera <laughs> removed from a WWE event. We do indeed. We have experience of <laughs> We do events. indeed. Anyway, um, the first match on the card was Bailey versus Charlotte. So feels the, like a long time ago. <laughs> it does. It feels like last week for the Women's Championship match. Bit of blood for charlotte who's uh really she bladed she she bladed her her mouth yeah she's uh she's really a very very excellent heel and she continues her impressive streak um winning all of these uh pay-per-view matches for anyone listening who hasn't yet seen on the channel four website which is either called 4od these days or all four i can't remember but um james delo uh who does the gorilla position podcast that we met in blackpool very nice guy he has made a very good film stroke half hour documentary about uh, Sasha and Charlotte and the run up to the Helen Cell match that they had. He's got incredible, incredible access to kind of uh, real life sort of non character based interviews uh, with the likes, well, with obviously Sasha and Charlotte, but also uh, Finn Balor, Mick Foley. Daniel Bryan, Nikki Bella, really, really interesting doc, which I uh, highly recommend. You haven't seen it yet, John? No, and I'm going to be checking it out. Very good. As soon as I leave, you're going to watch it. Let's hope so. Um, but yeah, that that match uh, happened a long time ago. Nice to see Bailey uh, get a championship match. She's she's very good, but Charlotte is better. Yeah, um, I think Charlotte's a great example of sort of old style booking in a way. It's like you have a you have a heel, you book them strong, and they they win almost all the time and they get over it's it's not rocket science um and yeah she looks she's she's i think charlotte's brilliant she's sort of the um you know she's the one person on the card who who doesn't lose very often um if if she lost to she had that sort of title exchange with sasha uh, late last year but she doesn't lose on pay-per-view yeah but basically she's was it 16 and 0 now Something on pay-per-view like that, yeah. um what it means is that the crowd and the audience are desperate to see her beaten, and that's you know that's something you don't get with a lot of uh, a lot of the men's matches. She like. definitely incorporated the tongue into her heel uh, <laughs> gesticulations this time, really working the tongue, which I, I admired. Excellent. I'm not going to touch that one. Okay, 
Some people who didn't work the tongue at all were uh, Reigns and Owen, who were up next in the Universal title match. In the Shark Cage match, the Stipulation Too Far <laughs> match, uh, Jericho suspended above the ring. Oh, this was a bit weird, um, particularly you know seeing Reigns come back in later without a back injury or any or sort of injury. In, in, rib injury, yeah. Ribs, yeah. So he came into the match with bad ribs, didn't sell the ribs at all. Took the brass knuckles, didn't do anything with that. Uh, Owens did a Superman punch on him and then Strowman shows up and then interferes tries to put him through a table doesn't work um, and then uh, shoves him through another table in the ring and does but Reigns shows no ill effects of that Kevin Owens retains Chris Jericho has nothing to do in the match at all pretty much it wasn't great was it? It wasn't really no I mean the, the whole idea of the shark cage match is to any kind of cage match a shark cage I mean why why it has to be a shark cage why it can't just be any old cage and yeah the whole idea of a of a cage match like that is to so you've got a, an accomplice who's helping you win matches you lock them up above the ring so they can't interfere but almost more importantly than that the crowd can see that they're not about to interfere so there's no kind of oh yeah but you're looking for the entrance way to see when the when the run-in's going to happen so all the, all they did was a different was a different <laughs> different run-in um, despite Jericho helping with the with the with the brass knucks, um, yeah, it was not. You know, there was a couple of Owens is, is just very good. I would have liked to have seen him win the Rumble. You know, if they were going to bring anyone back from that match to uh, to end up at the at the at the business end of the Rumble itself, I would have loved to have seen uh, Owens there. Yeah, why not? Or why not? You know, at I least mean, at least let Strowman and Reigns overlap in the Rumble so that they can they can sort of face up because otherwise Strowman getting involved in that title match is just completely standalone, out the blue, you know, nonsensical. Like it means nothing. Um, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, there was they had the built, um, Owens built a sort of pyramid of chairs outside the ring, which he ended up going through. Um, there was took a, a nasty bump uh, on another chair. In yeah, the, in, uh, in the ring. Took it on the fleshy part of his glutes, I would say. Yeah, rather than the lower back itself. Yeah. And they, you know, they went through announced tables outside. Yeah, Owens was powerbombed through the table there. It was fun seeing uh, Cole, Corey, and Byron Saxton with no table there <laughs> so early on in the match. It's very uh, sorry in the in the, in the pay-per-view. Yeah. yeah, it's very rare to see them sans table for that <laughs> yeah, long. It did just look very strange. And I thought, you know, That's they've got so many bloody tables under the ring. Could have just got one. Yeah, and chairs. I mean, they've got plenty of spare chairs as well. <laughs> All the furniture you need. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for a match that had tables, chairs, announced tables, a run-in, a dangling cage, it wasn't very memorable, really. No, it feels like as we were saying about the women's match a week ago, and there was mm. nothing particularly memorable from it. Not really. No, I'm sort of recalling most of this from my notes in front of me. Yeah. Um, as I am Rich Swan versus Neville. Are we going to admit that we fast-forwarded through that? We did fast-forward that because uh, we're time constraints. I'm 37. <laughs> I'm, I'm 37, I've got two kids. You're 36, you have no kids, but, you know, we're busy people. Yeah. Um, I've got places to go, but we, we, we you know, they, they had the purple ropes, they had the purple everything. Neville looks brilliant as a heel, and I noticed on his way out, having won the Cruiserweight belt, that someone's put evil in Neville, which, uh, you know, Neville has evil in him. Now, he's looking really good as uh, as a heel. We watched the we watched the end. Yeah, the we pretty much watched the finish. And, you know, we were expecting some sort of massive high spot in there, and actually it's a submission move, a tap-out finish. Yeah, an awkward, slightly awkward tap-out, because... Um Swan's arms were sort of wrapped behind uh, wrapped behind his back, so it made it quite hard to tap. Um, 
I don't like the I don't like the whole purple ropes, purple light, purple belt thing. I think it separates too much the cruiserweight division from the rest of the roster. It's like they're not they're not really properly part of the the roster, and I, I think that's I think that's makes them look second tier. I mean, they can, you know you can be second tier. I mean, the cruiserweight title is obviously like not you know not a not one of the main belts, but you don't have to kind of like accentuate the fact that they're. Um, the sort of you know the I don't know Norwich City of the of the roster. Moving on to much more exciting uh, business was uh, the championship match, AJ Styles versus John Cena. This was brilliant. Really yeah, enjoyed it was this a cracking match. Yeah, uh, Styles is just uh, an absolutely magnificent performer. I wish he'd have been in WWE a lot longer, quite frankly, because. You know, he deserves that kind of platform and that kind of audience. It's so nice to see him as a champion. And the phenomenal forearm is probably my favourite move, sort of visually. There was one thing, uh, I may have mentioned this in the last uh, podcast that we did, that Regal said to me that when he and Triple H are looking for wrestlers, you know, they, he wants to see charisma. He wants to see, you know, does it look like he can beat you up? And number three, do their moves look good in slow motion? And, you know, AJ Styles just looks absolutely incredible in slow-mo. The height he gets on that forearm, ooh. Yeah. And then, you know, just the... It's the phenomenal. It is phenomenal. We've we've had to say that. Uh, we've tried really hard not to, but we were about 30 <laughs> seconds into uh, a sentence about him. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, the way he contorts his body, the the velocity he goes, the height, it's it's just really something special, something I don't recall seeing, you know. Obviously, shades of Sean and, and Macho Man, you know those kind of high flies yeah, from that up, era. But there, yeah. um, he's he's really good. And there's been talk for ages and ages, of course, about Cena's heel turn. Uh, it's never going to come. <laughs> most you know manifest itself possibly most spectacularly today, having won uh, the championship, goes over to the Make a Wish kid and <laughs> and poses with him. That was a really nice moment. I, yeah. I enjoyed that, um, but. Cena, you know, he's not going to turn heel, but he looks probably more enormous than he ever has done. Uh, he's a man who does not look good in a suit. He's a man who looks quite ridiculous in in his shorts, but he he is so, so ripped at the moment. And he did this odd thing where he, he flexed his pecs and he sort of changed colour <laughs> at a particular time. And, you know, I really enjoyed the fact during the, um, the, the, the package, uh, the hype package beforehand, where one of his never give up things that he wears around his bicep that AJ wore around his head, but you and I could probably wear around our waist. <laughs> yeah, that pretty was, much. That was that was fun. Well, maybe our thighs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, this was this was a great match. The Cena ends up winning as a sixteen time world champion. There was a lovely little tease they did where he puts him in the figure four and as the match progresses they just basically do a series of power moves on yeah, each other. Although there was a there was a kind of sub, a chain um, chain submission reversal period over the for sort of five minutes, which was actually really good. Um, you sort of the sort of thing that you, you'd have to say that AJ would have would have mapped out, and then it did slightly become. I was slightly uh, not not bored in any way by the finish, but it was slightly. You do a finishing move, I kick out, then I'll do a finishing move, and you can kick out, and we'll just keep doing that for sort of until it gets pretty tiresome. When he did the he did the the finish was. So you're doing an AA, but then did, holding on and rolling through. Yeah, he did the again. roll, um, which is which is which is a, a pretty cool 
finish. I guess. And before that, he did the the Avalanche AA or the AA Plus or the A Double Plus. They give it quite a few names, but from the top the AAA, like those little batteries that you put in <laughs> remote controls. Yeah, that was that was very impressive. A really good end. Um, but you, hit, you know, you know, they, you know, there was two at least two styles clashes that Cena kicked out of as well. You know, it was kind of it was a little bit of that kind of big title match booking of kicking out finishers. But it was yeah, it was. It felt like a good. It felt like a big match. It was a good match. Yeah, it was a much better match than it was match of the night. Yeah, match of the night by far, and much better than the uh, match that I saw the last man standing match from the Rumble with Cena versus Umaga, which I've been talking to you about beforehand, where Umaga was the the Samoan bulldozer mm. at the time. Uh, Cena bleeds all over the place in that match and goes it's really nasty the finish he smacks Samaga over the head with one of the TV monitors uh, and then he chokes him out twice with the ring ropes it's it's very very un-PG friendly uh, but but well worth watching just to see you know the look of bewilderment on good old John Cena's face but well done to him 16 time world champion he's heading off to Wrestlemania he's going to be changed. Do you think he's going to drop the belt before WrestleMania and then win it for the 17th time there? That would sort of, that would make... Would that reset everything? <laughs> it would make some sense. That would be, that would be your WrestleMania moment, wouldn't it? But yeah. we'd, we'd, he'd have to drop it to Orton, I suppose, in order to get it back. Do you still Orton. see him going up against Undertaker at all? I mean, it looks way off the cards now. Yeah, it seems like that there are two or three other, certainly for Taker, there seems like there are two or three other feuds that are in his sort of area at the moment and his yard yeah he's very much his yard and Cena isn't isn't one of them spring is that you warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles meet the super light collection the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds now in fresh colors they've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet the lighter than air feel and barely their fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever that means more comfort and less baggage take the super light tree runner on your next adventure its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening in this far, uh, making it all the way to the end of episode two, the round table, no table actually involved uh, in this episode uh, of the Parts Unknown podcast. John, uh, people seem to be quite interested in the fact that our wrestling uh, time when we when we watch things together involves a bit of herbal tea, a bit of pizza and a bit of salad. Uh, can you 
let us into uh, give us a glimpse of what went on today and i'll i'll help paint the picture as well okay so today um today i had a coffee to start off with rather than the rather than the tea you had a lemon and ginger oh it's lovely had to make the second bag myself though because uh, the one that you yeah. made me bag had split ww had a brand split we had a bag split yeah it's uh, dreadful <laughs> then we had some puffed hula hoops interesting yeah, I thought they were interesting. I personally, I mean, I know you brought them, but I would prefer a standard hula hoop, just you know, for reference. I'll but, give them to my kids. That's okay. Uh, they work we, had for some, you. we had some dinky double deckers. They were lovely, and that, uh, as I told you, that took me back to my childhood when, and and it being my birthday, it's appropriate. Um, you you exercised the ghost because I remember being, I think, six or seven, and my mum had uh, got some uh, a, uh, a pack of fun sized chocolates, as everyone in the class did back then. And, you know, they would bring Mars and Marathons, as they were there, and Twix. And uh, my mum got me double-deckers, and no one wanted any of them. And from that day forth, I've had an aversion to double-deckers. I've never had them before, and I have to say, they're very nice, very nougaty. <laughs> yeah. And what about the pizza? Oh, the pizza, that's what everybody wants to know about, really, isn't it? We had a, was it a meat feast? We had a meat feast, both provided by Sainsbury's, not free of charge. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I bought them. Yeah, I bought them. Uh, and a chicken had, and a barbecue chicken. Barbecue chicken. But what was the secret with the meat feast, John? Oh, we had, we had some eggs on top. Because it was brunch when we started. It was yeah. 11 o'clock when we started. It's yeah. now almost half past four. <laughs> and we also had some salad, which was very nice. And then uh, afterwards, we had a cup of tea. Yeah, we keep it real. We keep it healthy. We both had a satsuma. Uh, an easy peeler. An easy peeler indeed. It was great. It was certainly an easy appeal than the rumble was an easy watch. On that bombshell, John. Let's leave it. We'll be back possibly for Elimination Chamber. That's in two weeks' time. Feels a bit soon. (laughs) Yeah. It's only 60 days till Mania. Yeah. If we're not back for Elimination Chamber or Fastlane, (laughs) we will certainly be back for Mania. I, I think certainly we'll do one in between when Finn Balor comes back and Rollins comes back and I can start talking about them again. John, thank you very much for your hospitality. Oh, thank you, Ben, for coming and happy birthday. Thank you very much. Everybody, uh, I'm Green Ben Green on Twitter. He's John underscore Ashdown on Twitter. Let us know what you thought. Uh, We'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening.